isn't what this water bottle said. It's how they said it. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is We Have Concerns. Hi, Jeff Kanata. Hi, Anthony Carboni. Hello, concerned citizens. Jeff, I feel like as I was looking for stories this week, yeah, this is the week where everybody publishes the stories that are just like, here's a thing that you knew. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, We've talked about this before where it's like, these are studies that are kind of like, yeah, no shit. But you really do need to like scientifically prove them somehow before people sure. will start to listen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I think also a lot of that stuff that you make assumptions about that you feel is common sense, sometimes it, it doesn't bear out. And you sure. go, well, that's why you have the study for the thing that seems obvious because there are the edge cases where the obvious thing isn't actually true. Of course. And, and I, you know, you're talking about things like we once thought that in order for things to work, uh, the air was filled with an invisible uh, substance called ether. Yeah. Right? right. Like, oh, yeah. it's the ether that causes resistance on things. And it's the ether, which is why like a feather interacts with the ether differently than an apple. Right. And that I understand. Like, you got to prove the existence of ether if ether is a thing that you want to say is real. But Jeff, working fewer hours is associated with higher life satisfaction, <laughs> according to new research. <laughs> this is the sort of stuff that I'm talking about. It sounds like this re researcher worked fewer hours. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is like, what's the, and listen, we've talked about this before as well. If you're the sort of researcher, that's just like, what's the least amount that I got to do to get that grant bag? Respect. Yeah. High fives for respect. Us. We have concerns. Yeah. Come on. Live your life. Do you yeah. get the bag? We've got nothing to say I mean, about that. We literally are doing a show talking about what other people have worked on. So, I've you know, never, we, we respect. I've never worked on anything in my life. And I never we will. Literally just restating what someone else worked hours to state. So oh, no. Hey, no. <laughs> the emperor has no clothes. No, Jeff. Uh, no shade from us. What I'm saying is we respect game, respect game is what I'm saying, Anthony. Jeff, no. <laughs> They'll find out. <laughs> uh, but no, this is, this is actually, look, and, and this actually, when you drill down into it, has a lot of interesting things to say. This is a researcher, uh, Qinlong Shao, uh, who published this in Health Economics Review, found that there is um, there are giant factors that lead to life success and wanted to see if those factors that we accept as true are true and also wanted to see if they're true, if they're weighted as true as we think they are, right? Like if... if yeah. You know, like which factor is the saying, most so important? The idea is, hey, is working fewer hours worth giving up more income, right? Yes. Because we think, does the income result in, hey, maybe you have fewer hours to utilize that money, but it does make you feel better to have the money, have the security. So I think that's a legitimate question to ask, to say, hey, most of us are striving to make more money because we think that'll get us happier. But yeah. is it better to have, have less, but also have more time? Yeah. So 
Exactly. Like previous research has shown that um, people with higher income report higher life satisfaction and up to a certain point. Right. I think I think we might have covered this, but we did. We talked uh, to that talked about to that certain point thing. Yeah. yeah up to like seventy five thousand dollars or eighty five thousand dollars or something like that. The more money you make, the happier you are. And it turns out that um, once your life is pretty paid for without crushing debt yeah. and you're able to put a little bit aside, turns out you're happy? Does that make sense? That's weird. Did they, did That's they weird. look into, have they studied having a boat? Because mm. I feel like I don't have a boat, but I feel like if I had a boat. Now, Jeff. You know? I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. Uh-huh. Number one, you live in the fucking mountains. Number two. No, I still want a boat. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> I'm landlocked. If you wanted a boat, the time to own a boat was before you moved to the fucking mountains. Fair, fair but point. number fair two, point. owning a boat is uh is what is what quote unquote real rich people call mm. a fake rich person's dream. Oh. Wow, they that say, does accurately represent me. Yeah, I'm not a rich person, <laughs> but they say they say if it uh the three Fs, if it if it uh fucks, floats, or flies, don't buy it, rent it. Don't mm. buy a horse. Don't buy a boat. Don't buy a plane or a helicopter. That's not what wealthy people because do. Because the the horse fucks? Is that the idea? Yeah, the horse fucks. <laughs> they could have really like come up with something else I, i'm sure but like I, that, I, I feel like the the venn diagram right there is uh is superman i feel like superman just right in the center he fucks floats and and flies you know yeah. what i'm saying poor, poor but superman. here's the other thing jeff can't catch a break it's actually incredibly anti-human trafficking because most humans fuck and float in water yeah so so <sighs> they're saying listen that's not cool don't don't human oh, traffic. Is what don't human saying. traffic is what they're saying. The really wealthy okay. people. Um, but no. So there, there have been other studies that say like, hey, um, social trust, social inclusion will lead to higher satisfaction. So people who are happier with the people they work with obviously mm. show higher satisfaction. How does that roll in? And like some right. people have better work, uh, better friends at work than they do in their personal lives. How does that affect it? And all of these things are... Mm. are they all kind of like meld together because the the biggest factors that contribute to higher life satisfaction are um, your level of health, uh, your level of social inclusion, your level of social trust, your feelings of safety, and something called digitalization, which Ooh. is when which is when the it's like a that hand, part in Tron when he goes yeah and he gets brought, or that part in the Matrix they pick up the phone and they go. Yeah, I it's in both situations they're going. Yeah, it's anything where you go where you turn into an old modem sound. <laughs> That's digitalization. Um, digitalization is sort of like I don't know. It's it's really weirdly explained here, but it's kind of like I mean, it's how online you are. It's like how terminally yeah. online you are, basically. Like how much of your life. Is you, is a factor of happiness and that it makes you happy or reduces your happiness? Yeah, they say that uh, tweeting angry is actually the best way they the best way to get happy. It's they said that leaving an angry five star an angry five star review on Amazon is the best thing yeah. to do. <laughs> angry five star. Yeah, an angry yeah. five star. An angry one star is not a happy person, but an angry five star review. That's where you want to be. Um, so, uh, What's the name of our next podcast, Anthony. Angry, angry five star. 
angry five, dude, I feel like that was the entire internet around 2013 and I'm not going back to it. I feel like that was every YouTuber in 2013. It's like, I love things and I'm mad about it. I'm the angry five star. Welcome to the show. Yeah. Eat (laughs) shit, this movie. And also I love it. Um, (laughs) So basically, um, uh, this researcher, uh, Dr. Shout, was was trying to figure out how all of these things fit together. She analyzed uh, 18,060 responses from 10 relevant surveys. So you take 18,000 responses times 10 surveys, and she did a lot of paperwork and a lot of crunching of numbers is what happened. <laughs> Um, and including like life satisfaction variables, including working time val- variables, health, social inclusion, feelings of safety, digitalization, all that stuff, but also income, marital status, other demographic information. Um, yeah. And so they looked at people that were uh, basically they were in central or local government, in education and health, in state owned enterprise, in private firms, self-employment and then other. I feel like other is just podcast host. Yeah, we're other. Us. I don't know yeah. where we go. Like, if we well, were I did in- enjoy filling out those ten thousand responses, though. That felt like a good use of my time. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just like, "Are you sure? Is this? Are these? These seem like pretty similar." <laughs> it's like, no, nah, do it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, they seem like the same questions over and over again. We only have a few people for the other category, so you guys really gotta you gotta up your up your output, fellas. <laughs> now. <laughs> here's the thing when you get to the results unfortunately (laughs) as much as i say yes drill down as much as i say yes there are a lot of factors that interact with this i'd like to read you some of the results jeff (laughs) are they what i would imagine results from the study show that working fewer hours was correlated with higher life satisfaction overall across all factors uh the researchers suggest that this finding may exist because people enjoy working less hours to spend time with family and have time for other commitments and responsibilities outside of work. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. Is that how I would use free time? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that weird? Uh, yeah. Now, she also suggests that people in European countries may enjoy working less hours because their earnings are taken out of their paychecks and given to the government to support the welfare system. So, uh, hmm. And so they can work less. Because things are provided for them. I mean, sounds Isn't that good weird? to me. Yeah, that is weird. Um, also found that working uh, part-time positively affected health. And hmm. positive health is actually s- associated with greater life satisfaction overall. If you're healthier, you're happier, it turns out. So this is, these are broad findings. Does she break it no, down? No, as- Jeff. No. Wrong. Well, I, Jeff, I, Wrong. How many surveys were there, Jeff? 10,000? Jeff, there were 18,060 responses from 10 relevant surveys. Jeff. Oh, sorry. 10 surveys. 18,000 responses. Jeff. What? This is not broad. We can (laughs) drill down into this and we can find things that like um, life satisfaction and happiness increase with age. Okay. Hasn't, Hasn't been the case for me, but you know. I definitely think it's been the case for me. I was an an angry kid and I was depressed all the time. Oh, but I had so much hope. Yeah, because you were (laughs) depressed and you were hoping things would get better. (laughs) You fucking idiot. (laughs) 
Wait a minute. You've been so content. Wait. You've been content for so long that you don't remember uh, that you're content, you dummy. Is that true? Yes. I don't have a boat. <sighs> Jess, a boat can fuck. <laughs> you can't own a boat. I forgot. You can't own a fuck boat, that. Jeff. I can't own a fuck boat. You're a married I'm, I'm man. La- I'm Jeff. landlocked. I'm in the mountains. I can't You're have a fuck boat up here. You're married. You can't have a fuck boat. <laughs> so wait a minute. Does she? I feel like on the broad spectrum, this makes this seems intuitive. Sure, but but on what like drilling down to say, hey, what about people that love their jobs? Does actually working fewer hours if you love your job still correlate to more happiness? Now. She did say that middle-class workers tend to report higher life satisfaction than upper-class workers, and that has something to do with the fact she thinks of um, of ambition and growth. So going into a career where there's room to grow, to be promoted, to be recognized for your work, to get, oh, to so get raises. Like, the idea is... It feels good to to want the promotion, but once you've had the promotion, it's not good. Well, that, that is but, so depressing to me. But here's the thing. You get, well, you can get promoted a couple times probably because you got to get to upper class, <laughs> right? But the, the idea is that the, the goal isn't actually satisfying. The destination that you wanted the whole time doesn't pay off. Get a hobby, motherfucker. That's what this study's <laughs> saying. That's what this study's yeah. saying is like it's not gonna it's not gonna make you happy. So uh, the middle the class only, was the only. Was, it's saying that the only way to happiness is the imagination that there's a possible destination of happiness. the The imagined goal of happiness is actually happier mm-hmm. than any achievement of that goal. Now that is an that is a nihilistic <laughs> world. Now view. I would. Now I would. Say I would disagree with that because we've talked before about uh, about studies about the uh, the human mind and things like flow states and things like that. I would yeah. say that a certain point of this is you need to be challenged a little bit in your daily life, and I think maybe there's some stuff that comes from that. Right? Like it's not so much that uh, happiness is about like achieving the promotion. It's like you have to find goals in your life to work towards. And I guess mm-hmm. in a in a world where we're working too much, we're imagining most of those goals as being work goals. And that is kind of depressing when you think about it that way. But I think about like, once you've got all the things, what's the next goal? And the answer is probably two fuckboats so you can watch them fuck and then you can breed (laughs) fuckboats in your spare time. And then you can- Oh, dude, have you ever seen a purebred fuckboat? I mean, it's pristine. The the shininess of its coat. It's, it's you gotta feed, you gotta you mix a little egg yolk in with its uh, with its diesel fuel. It makes the <laughs> makes the boat coat shiny and good. The boat coat. <laughs> <laughs> um, found that uh, women prefer to work less hours than men uh, across cultures, and that uh, it tends to lead to uh, increased life satisfaction among women. Uh, turns out we bro dudes are are um, sort of trained by society i think to to think that our accomplishments are who we are mm. and so we want to work a little bit more um so yeah i mean look did we find things that we didn't necessarily intuitively know 
shut up is what I would say. <laughs> Cause listen, we we just assumed there was ether until we until we found out there was no ether. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. No, this is the ether uh the ether of work studies. Yeah, this is the ether. This is the ether of work studies. Uh, in the second study that I found this week, Jeff, that uh-huh. made me go, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one. <laughs> it turns out that the falling birth rate is not due to less desire to have children. It's because young people are concerned about the future. Oh, right. Let's not have kids, not because we don't like kids. Let's kids not have kids fine. because we don't want them to be in this burning hellhole that we all in, in, inhabit. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like if I, based on this last study, am working too much and feel like there's <laughs> no way of getting out of this capitalist <laughs> hole of work because I, you know, I get off my day job working for Amazon and then I open the app that lets me drive for Amazon at night so I can make ends meet. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so that you can afford to buy stuff from Amazon. Right. So that the Amazon trucks can bring the stuff from Amazon that uh, that puts more and more emissions into uh, the world than we can possibly handle and chemicals into the water supply. You might think to yourself, I'm not going to have a kid. It's by the, the time I have for children, by the time I have a kid, it'll be at an Amazon hospital and they'll get an Amazon account number instead of a name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we, we've talked before about like the doomer, like the doomer generation is what it's called right now. Right. Everybody calls them zoomers, but like there's the doomer, which is like, I'm not going to work. Nothing happens yeah. if I work. Why would I have a kid? Why would yeah. I try to have a house? That's not that's it's that scene from it's that scene from Annie Hall, uh, which I, I know I'm not supposed to bring up his movies anymore. But that and scene also from Annie kids Hall, love Annie Hall. And it ref- is it is a good <laughs> current reference. Listen up. Youths, we're about to talk about Annie Hall. <laughs> 1977's best picture. I want to say uh, the uh, the scene where he, you know, he's a little kid and his mom brings him into the doctor. And he says he he won't do his homework because the universe says, is expanding. Says, yeah, because the universe is expanding. What's the point? What's the point? The universe yeah. is expanding. And she, yeah, the mother goes, "You live in Brooklyn. Brooklyn <laughs> isn't expanding." <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you've seen it. I've, I'm I'm Jewish. <laughs> they showed it. They, they showed it at the hospital. I got yeah. my Amazon. I got my Amazon employee number, and they were showing uh, <laughs> Annie Hall on the monitors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like it's it's like in Brave New World, you know, where like if you're gonna if the baby's gonna be a pilot, you put it in, you put the baby in a tube that spins around when it's a baby, right? Same thing. They show us Annie Hall in the hospital <laughs> if you're Jewish. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, look, uh, this is um, this is Sarah Hayford. She's co-author of the study and she's a professor of sociology at OSU. Go Buckeyes! And um. She is the director of Ohio State's Institute for Population Research. So this mm. is what she thinks about all day long. Yeah. And she's like, look, it is extremely hard to have children in the United States right now. People are more worried about the future than they have been in decades. Probably since yeah. probably since the Cold War is what they're saying. Right. Yeah. Um they're worried about the economy, they worry about childcare, they worry about the whether they're they can afford to have children. And these are things that like, you know, she's like, well, how is this, like, how has this changed? Like, how has it affected people's ideals? And so what they basically said was they were like, hey, if none of this stuff was a factor, 
if you knew that the world was going to turn around and everything was going to be was going to be cool, what would you, how many kids would you want to have? And they found out it's been exactly the same from the 60s to the 2000s. On average, like men generally say they want fewer children than women do, but women, their preferred number of children hasn't really changed much. It's usually, it's usually two to three kids. Yeah. But I prefer them not to, not to die or starve or like, you know, witness generational weather events, you know, every couple of years. Yeah. I'd like to know if I'd like to know that the times they live in will be extremely precedented. <laughs> I'd like to yes. know that the precedent yes. will have been set. Yes. You know what I Very mean? Very well said. Yes. Like, I want to know. All I want is a clear precedent for these times. Just a, just a, look, just a flat line. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. I want to be able to refer back to when everybody else dealt with the same shit I'm dealing with. Yeah, it's just like, oh, I wish there was, I wish, I wish there was a way to know what to do in this situation. Oh, well, we all know what to do in this situation. It's a perfectly fine situation that we all go (laughs) through. But we've been through it many times and it's all worked out. It's all been (laughs) fine. In fact, several of us got boats after this situation. Yeah, and we, listen, we were like, don't do it. Those boats are going to fuck and then you're taking care of eight, eight times more boats than you think you're going to. But we did yeah, it. Yeah, but they're and, so adorable. And you know what cool I'd like boats. is I'd like a teacup boat, like a jet ski. Yeah. Like a little, like a cute little like boat. A, a little dingy. A little yeah. dingy. <laughs> One of those designer pets. Yeah. Um, they, call them, they call them dingy doodles. So it's really interesting. It's like, basically what everybody's saying is, is, now, this study ended right before COVID, which is hilarious because yeah. I feel like I, I, it would have been way worse. I feel right? like it, ha- it I feel like it might have affected. They said that it remains to be seen whether uh, fertility will be able to rebound, not just from the Great Recession, but from the pandemic as well. Right. Um, but she also says that, like, hey. Do not be concerned about America, like about what may be dropping birth rates in America. Because I don't know if you remember, Jeff, but a couple generations ago, we had something called a baby boom. Yeah, I wasn't around, but yeah, no, I, I've heard of it. Uh, and heard of it's, it. I don't know, there are, there are those that will say that it ruined everything. <laughs> and they yeah. could, and those babies are, have been, have somehow been babies their whole lives and they're even more babies now. And they just, yeah. they just baby cry about everything and they make things mm-hmm. even worse. They're just booming all over the place. But the They're problem is like, this, boom that. we call yeah. that the baby boom. But then after that, birth rates just continued to explode. They were exponential. We're like tribbles people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. well, that's if everybody's, math works. Yeah. If everybody's dream is to have more than two kids and every two people that get together have more than two, like do the fucking math. I'm not even good at math. I've never done anything. I've never worked hard at anything in my life. I just said that. And I can tell you what the numbers are like for that. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. uh, what she's basically saying, what what, uh, what Hayford is saying is that, you know, just make it easier for people to have the children that they want to have. There are clear barriers to having children in the United States that revolve around economics and childcare and health insurance. And those are things that we need to address. And in the meantime, uh, we've had such an, uh, we've had such a huge population growth that like maybe we could use a little bit of a slowdown. Yeah, there's a bunch of debate about that, right? Because there's all these economists saying that, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to use the owner of Twitter's name in vain, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of people who are 
proclaiming with some certainty that uh, population decline is going to have catastrophic economic effects. I'm not an economist. I'm not going to comment on that. But it is, uh, I've always been of the opinion that fewer people with a finite amount of resources on one single planet is probably a good thing. Mm -hmm. There are people that uh, don't, don't share that that view well it's because we're connected to it's because we're we're connected to artificial scarcity that's caused by these gigantic organizations and the the capitalist systems that we built so it's kind of like in order when you live in a growth-based economy and uh, a corporation needs to grow by x percent every year then they need that excess number of workers that they can hire and fire as they go Right. To keep that perceived growth going. You know what I mean? Well, but the, the, pro- the whole uh, problem is our fucking growth-based economy. Well, and, and also, I mean, you identify the, the fact that this baby boom generation, that if there are fewer people in every subsequent generation and the baby boomers are getting to a point where they are no longer in the workforce, but still are going to live for 20, 30 years, uh, not Which in the is workforce. so rude of them. Super rude. Come on, have the grace. You Come know what on. I'm saying? Walk um, into the ocean. <laughs> Have some respect eat, and walk into the ocean. You. Um, that, uh, that, that, that'll be catastrophic because they will require all, they will consume the resources for long periods of time without contributing to the production of more of those resources. I don't and, know. Have you ever have you ever gone out to lunch with an old person? They don't eat half a grand <laughs> slam. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's true. You know, like how much, how many resources, they don't even know, my mom won't turn on the TV (laughs) if she doesn't know how the apps on the TV work, so Mm, she's not even using electricity. She's just sitting in a dark room with like three moons over my hammy uneaten on her plate. (laughs) Uneaten, but she brings them home and she puts, she stacks them in the fridge and that's her choice. Yeah. That's her choice. No, She's that's, like, how, that's I called don't know. having a small footprint is what that is. That's what that's called. It's like, I don't know, the, the fancy computer LED bulbs. I didn't know which one to buy, so I'm just not buying light bulbs anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I just sit in the I dark. Love I love that. I'm just checking out of the whole process. Like, if I don't know I the refuse. rules, I'm not playing this game. I the refuse. rules are confusing. But nope, you know, I'm not playing. But, you know, there are those that will tell you that um, – it's only catastrophic because of the way we've built the economy right now. And if we were to reform things, you know, like Sarah Hayford's kind of hinting at here is is like, hey, if we made sure there was a social safety net, if we made sure people uh, got paid what they should be paid, if we made sure that the balance of power tipped away from corporations and back into the hands of the shrinking lower and middle or the shrinking middle class. um, Yeah things would be pretty dope. Things would be, I don't know, things would be pretty dope is what what I think she's saying. I do like this notion of like, it remains to be seen if the birth rate will bounce back after three years where we were conditioned to think that literally being within breathing distance of one another would result in our deaths. But you know, maybe there'll be more babies soon. I don't know. We can only hope. We can only hope that now that the air is not made of a poisonous cloud that will destroy us and it's made of the regular poisonous cloud, which we can all breathe for a you know pretty decent amount of time. We can yeah. only hope that people will take the lesson from the mighty boat and fuck more. If people boats were, are going to replace us, <laughs> Anthony? If people were more like boats, 
That's what I've been saying for so long. <laughs> be like a boat. Be like a boat. Um, I think I watched a I watched a one of those um, speculative documentaries on the Discovery mm. Channel that's mostly CG and not facts. And they yeah, said, like, what if what if Hitler was on the Titanic? Yeah, like if all of humanity got destroyed by a solar flare tomorrow, what would cities look like? And they yeah. they basically said that fuck boats are going to take over. And let me tell you, the effects on these fuck boats. Like it's pretty they, scary. They really do it up. Yeah. They really did it up. It looked good. I was just like, man, fuck boats really are a, an apex predator. If I if I gotta go, I mean, I might as well be fucked to death by a boat. If you know I want to die, well, I'd that's how they, they get you, isn't it? Is I, it? I don't know. I would I I would hope that they like they just chop me up with their propeller or or like eat me or something. I don't know. Oh, oh like, no, 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 no. That's what I meant. That's yeah, what that's I meant. What, I, I, I don't know, be... man. Like I feel like that's what I would say. It's weird. Are you know, are you no, thinking no, about no, being what? fucked by one of the fuck boats? What? No. What? No. I was just saying, you know, if you had to. Right. But like you don't have to. I don't even know if that's what it's I mean, number one, it's speculative, but number two, I don't sure, think sure, that's sure. how it would work. No, but like if there were like any scenes like out of CG that Yeah, no, I don't think that. they animated I mean, that. It was mostly just with other boats, I think. I think they're mostly just oh, really? into other boats. Because if they had if they needed any like, I don't know, like CG models of me or anything that yeah. just to visualize, like I could send that to Do them. Do you have one? Do you have a model yeah. of you getting fucked by a boat? <laughs> I mean you know, not on this hard drive. Did you ask did you ask one of those AI art programs? <laughs> To do art I mean, of you fucking just just to see if I could just to see. Hey, listen, maybe now is not the appropriate time to mention that we have a Discord where you can post things. <laughs> like you could post art and stuff there if you wanted. I don't know. Like it's like all you could just we're on Twitter, but like the Discord the Discord's like super dope. You could just go there. There's a link if on our you Patreon. Were to make that. I don't know. That'd I be pretty know. weird. Um, that'd be weird. I do want to give one more study, actually, because that one was kind of a downer. You know, totally. Yeah. That was, yeah. These, these are a couple downers, but I, I liked, do. Uh, I liked back when we were talking about working less. That was fun. Yeah. I, this is another piece of research that was released this week from Ohio State University. Go Buckeyes. Go Buckeyes. Buckeyes killing it this week with the studies. Dude, fucking go Buckeyes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes. We've yes. talked, we've talked about this on the show before. It's the, Ohio State is the only university that I am required to show <laughs> any like <laughs> any proclivity to. or allegiance towards yeah. because so many yeah. of my family were Buckeyes that if I go don't say, that if I don't say go Buckeyes I'll get a phone call. Mm. Um anyway, go Buckeyes. Here's here's the thing, Jeff. As we are reading these stories, as we're thinking about these things, uh we tend to get a little depressed, right? We tend to think oh, that yeah. things are on a downturn, right? Um, sure. What do you think is one of the best ways to get yourself out of a depression? Uh, best ways to get yourself out of uh, uh, exercise. Exercise is a great one. I was going to say the pills that I'm prescribed, they do a great job. <laughs> 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 However, one of the Easiest ways to alleviate depression, according to Ohio State University, go Buckeyes, is performing two simple acts of kindness a week. Oh, wow. What do they define as an act of kindness? Literally. Have a definition? Anything? Literally just anything nice that you can do for someone. So here's the deal. 
They took 122 people in central Ohio who had moderate to severe symptoms of depression, anxiety, and stress. They told them, probably, you're going to be part of a medical study. And they said, oh, good, I'm going to get those experimental drugs. This is going to help me out. And they said, <laughs> no, there's no medication for you here. <laughs> Go to work. And so the 100, and so the study was originally supposed to be like 130 people, but like eight immediately fucked right off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're like, screw this. Um, So basically they were, they were split into three groups. Two of the groups were assigned techniques that are used in cognitive behavioral therapy for depression, uh, which is uh, planning social activities or cognitive reappraisal, which I don't know if you're familiar with CBT. I've been doing some CBT in my life. Basically like planning social activities for two days a week, making sure that you go out and you do something and you're planning it and you're making it happen is like a huge thing for your mental health. The other one is cognitive reappraisal. That's you keep records for two days a week where you, uh, uh, for at least two days a week, where you identify negative thought patterns as they pop up and you do a little journal. You're like, what did I just think that was negative? Why do I think that? Why do I feel that way? What could I think instead? These are big things. Now, the third group was like, hey, perform acts of kindness for two days out of the week. Just do a couple nice things for people two days out of the week. Some of the acts of kindness were, uh, they, they referred to them as big or small acts that benefit others or make others happy, typically at some cost to you in terms of time or resources, okay? Uh, some of the acts of kindness that participants later said included like baking cookies for friends, giving someone a ride, leaving sticky notes for roommates with words of encouragement, like things like that. <laughs> they followed all of these instructions for five weeks after which they were evaluated again. All three groups showed an increase in life satisfaction and a reduction of depression and anxiety uh, after 10 weeks. So they did five weeks, did it again, five weeks. All three groups, improvement. But the acts of kindness showed an advantage over both by making people feel more connected to other people, according to what they were saying. Planning a social activity, getting friends together to go out, is one thing, right? And that's fun. You're hanging out with your friends or whatever. But they said that like, and then changing the way you try to think about yourself is good. Uh, But there's something tangible about doing something nice for somebody as opposed to like just going out with friends and having a good time. Yeah, you're all having a good time. Mm -hmm. But knowing that you contributed something nice to that person's life, uh, kind of accomplishes everything, right? You get the social interaction, you do something good for people, and you think less negatively about yourself because you have a concrete example Mm. of you being a good person. No, I do things for people. I shouldn't think this harshly about myself because I do things for people. I love this. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. it's, It's super simple too. And I, you know, one of the things that was like just the, just the loveliest for me over like the last couple, uh, couple months is just like neighbors of mine in my big building. You know, I live in a big monster building, so there's like hundred units or something. When I was, when I was like limping and stuff from, uh, my truck fight, which we still haven't seen the truck, but I have a feeling the truck is in a similar position. Sure. Um, neighbors were just like, Hey, if you ever need somebody to go down and get your mail, like, just let me know. I'm happy to go down and get your mail. I'm happy. Like, if you need somebody to walk mm-hmm. your dog around the block and you can't do it. And like, 
just just the offer from a stranger did so many wonderful things to my mood you know what i mean and how how i felt Mm -hmm. about myself um and you know I've I've done the same thing for neighbors as well, where I'm like, hey, do you need me to, I can come pick, I can pick that up for you or I can be here if you want to let people. And just like, it just feels nice to be nice. And I think we just forget that sometimes. Why are we so disinclined to do that in our lives? I don't know why it, it takes such effort to do something that is clearly almost selfishly impactful, right? It, it, yeah. It, 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 doing something for somebody else According to the study, and it bears out, it, it seems to me, helps me. At the risk of being too sincere on this show, uh, I can tell you that my depression and anxiety definitely tell me that the little thing that I'm planning to do is silly or cheesy or corny. Mm, do you know what I unwanted mean? Unwanted or, yeah, un- or it'll seem, yeah, they, or like maybe they'll think I'm weird, or you know what mm, I mean. And there's, there's mm-hmm. just like a lot, of like that's some of that yeah. thinking that you're trying. That and that's one of the things about depression and anxiety that's kind of tough, is like it makes it hard to crawl out of it because it's constantly telling you that you can't crawl out of it, right? Yeah. But I don't, right. man. Ain't nobody gonna turn down a cookie. No. You know, and if they think you're, a, if they may think it's a little weird. Like, like your neighbor may be like. It's a little weird. I don't really know my neighbor and they came by and they gave me cookies. That's a little weird, but it's nice of them. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's yeah. what they're going to think. They're going to be like, never talked to the guy before in my life, but so that's odd, but fucking love these cookies. My experience when I went to that elementary school with that box that I had baked, mm-hmm. um, did not get received quite in the same way as you're describing. Well, children you know? are monsters. Mm-hmm. Children mm-hmm. are monsters. Well, that- the adults that seem to want to shoo me away and, you know, Serve me with that restraining order and the whole stay 50 now, feet away from this school thing. So and, this was not the school that your children go to. Oh, God, no, 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 no. This was long before I had children. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah, I don't get what's wrong with it. Yeah. It seems weird. It was it did not. I'm just saying it was a an act of when I That's beckoned the them. I Well, the problem is I didn't have any way to like I didn't want to go into the school. I felt that was weird. So I just opened the door to my van yeah, and offered the cookies, yeah. you know, I, I, and I slowed way, way down. Were you wearing your nice trench coat that day? Yes. My nicest trench coat and the dark glasses. Yeah. You look really cool in those dark glasses. I don't know. <sighs> I thought the kids would enjoy it. Can I tell you something? It's kind of, it's good that you moved out of LA because it's that kind of like stuck up attitude. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I, I think yeah. people appreciate this sort of stuff more. Well, also the, the, o- the pictures of, the of me that they posted on all the, you know, street signs and everything saying, which Boy, like you, guy. which like you have a headshot. You would have sent them your headshot. You also have, you also have some AI art of you getting uh, fucked by a boat. <laughs> That's right. That they could have put up and they could have put that up. Why didn't they put that up? I, I handed those pictures to all the kids. <laughs> they had the pictures. <laughs> so, I mean, look, here it is. Three studies that came out this week that are kind of like, duh. But yeah. hey, it's important that we prove, it is kind of important that we prove and quantify these things. And it's important that we look at these things and not just be like, well, this is the way the world is. Studies like that, like this, that quantify and qualify the way the world is, make us go, okay, now we know that this is the way the world is and it's not just me. Let's fix it. How do we fix it? I think what we've learned is work less, yep. 
have more kids mm-hmm. and uh, do nice things to people. Uh, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good lesson for a, whatever day you're listening to yeah. this. And listen. And get a fuck boat. If you can, if you can get a fuck boat, like, don't worry about what the rich people say. I think they're just gatekeeping fuck boats. Yeah. That's how they throw us off the scent of what's really great. Yeah. You think, you, know? you think all those pictures you see of Elon Musk on his fuck boat, he's not having a good time? <laughs> He, I guarantee you he's having a great time. I mean, look at his tweets. Hey, if you've got that, anything. That just screams joyful man. Yeah, if you've got any AI, AI art of Elon Musk and his fuckboat and the things they do together, once again, we do, have a, we do have a Discord. We're not saying anything, but like, if you have it, like, you, you know. Have, if it's lying around. If it's lying around, you can send it to our Discord. You can join the Discord. Uh, it's a wonderful just uh, community Discord that we have for people yeah. who listen to the show. Uh, you can chat with one another. You can share stories. You can play games together. Uh, if you want to learn how to uh, join that, it's just a buck a month. Head to patreon.com slash we have concerns and we will hook you up. It's, I mean, not to get weird, but it, it is an act of kindness to us to support this show. And it is certain something we feel uh, when we uh, when we see new patrons sign up is that we feel uh, that sense of support and kindness and that you value the thing that we do. Yeah. And uh, Jeff and, does not have photo posting permissions on the discord if that was something you were worried about. I don't know why it yeah, would not. be. But he's, but if you were. Not anymore. Not anymore. I got revoked. Yeah, he's not allowed. I made sure. So check that out. Patreon.com slash we have concerns. 